You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. Last Sunday morning, we started a brand new series called Foundations. And if you weren't here, you missed a stout sermon by Jeremy Daniel on the foundation of, of repentance. And if you'll look on the screen behind me, there's up in the upper left-hand corner, a little biblical reference at Psalm chapter 11, verse three. And this is where David writes, if the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? If the bedrock principles of the character of God and the bedrock principles of the people of God, if those things become, become um, unsettled or unset, if they become broken, if they're destroyed, what are we as, as the people of God as New Testament believers, especially the righteousness of God. Now, how, how is it that we are to live our lives? What can we build our lives on if the foundations are destroyed, if they're taken away, if they're unsettled? And so last week, we looked at that foundation of repentance, of coming before the Lord. Well, this morning, it's gonna feel like a far departure from repentance because it's the often underpreached foundation of singing. That you and I are to be people who, who sing, And I want you to see this. So with your copy of God's word, would you go with me, please, to the fifth chapter of Ephesians. Let's go to the New Testament, Ephesians chapter five. Relatively new to church, you've got the four gospels, then you've got Acts and Romans, then you've got the Corinthians, then you have Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Let's go to Ephesians chapter five together. Once you turn there, if you don't mind, just keep your Bible open or or your app open or make sure you're seated next to someone who has a Bible. And let's go to Ephesians chapter five. Let's begin in verse 17 together this morning. Ephesians 5, 17. This is Paul, and he was writing to the church at Ephesus as directed by the Holy Spirit. And I want to remind you, this is just as if the Holy Spirit was was speaking to Highland today, to you today. God's word is timeless. It's for all people at all places, all times. And so this is God's flawless word for us today. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get drunk with wine for, for that is debauchery. That's how the ESV renders that word. And debauchery is kind of a, an old school sounding word. Debauchery really just means extreme foolishness. Um, it's, it's azotea in, in Greek and it means, it means stupidity. It means wastefulness. And so here Paul says, don't, don't get drunk. That's, that's stupid. That's wasteful. That's, that's folly. But instead be filled with the Spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart and giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting, or your Bible might say, serving one another, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let's, let's discover a few things in this passage this morning as it relates to the foundation of you and I as followers of Jesus being singing people. Here's the first thing you can write down or consider with me is simply this. Our singing is a response to the Spirit's filling and a response to Christ's gospel. Our singing, singing aloud to the Lord, it is responsive. It's a reaction to the Holy Spirit filling us up and also it's a reaction to the gospel, to the good news, the good words of of Jesus. I hope your Bible is still open. Look here in, in verse 18. We're told to be filled with the Spirit. And once we're filled with the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord having control of our lives, that's what that means. To be filled with the Spirit means to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Look at what what happens. Look at the five results. There's five results here 
that once we're filled with the Spirit, these five things will happen. If you're an English major, an English uh, teacher, uh, there's five participles right here. What happens after we are filled with the Spirit, under control of the Spirit, I want you to see this. Address each other with, with these songs, singing, making melody, giving thanks, we see that in verse 20, submitting to each other, verse 21, or, or serving one another. There's five things that happen when we're under the control of the Holy Spirit, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and catch this, three of the five are about music. When the Holy Spirit fills us up, we're under the control of the Holy Spirit. Three of the five things result in, in singing. If you're filled with the Spirit, you will sing, what does it say here? Psalms and hymns and, and spiritual songs. And what are those three things? I think all that Paul was saying was the full range of music. We just sang a song a few moments ago called Yahweh that, that this Highland team wrote. I think they finished it a few weeks ago. We're also gonna sing after the message today a song that was written 146 years ago. I think that might be a little bit of what, what Paul is saying. Just sing it all. Any song that gives honor to the Lord, any song that esteems Jesus, any song that, that, that stirs our passion for the Lord, stirs our affection for the things of God, the kingdom of God and the King himself, you need to sing those things. Again, catch this, five results here of being filled up with the Spirit, five results here of being controlled by the Spirit, and, and three of them are singing. Three of them relate to music. Now, Paul wrote a parallel passage to this when he also wrote the church of Colossae. So if you don't mind, just keep your finger there in Ephesians chapter five. Go over probably four pages in your Bible and go to Colossians chapter three with me. Colossians three sixteen. If it's too much effort to go four pages over, it's also on the screen behind me. Look at Colossians chapter three, verse 16, because Paul, this is a parallel passage to a different church now, the church of Colossae. He says in verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Now this should sound familiar. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with, with thankfulness or thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And so this is why I would say to you the, the result or our singing is a result or response or reaction to the Spirit's filling and what it says right here in, in Colossians chapter three to the words of Christ, the word of Christ dwelling richly within us or deeply within us as we teach, as we admonish according to the gospel, according to the words of of Jesus. And so our singing aloud to the God of our salvation is reactive, it's responsive to being under the control of the Holy Spirit and reading and knowing and letting the words of Jesus go deep inside of us. Here's the second thing I want you to see. If you're still in Colossians, go back four pages to, to the left this time. Go back to, to Ephesians chapter five with me again. Here's the second thing. Our singing is an offering to God. So our singing is a response to the Spirit's filling in our lives. It's a response to the words of Jesus, but also it's an offering to God. Our singing to God is an offering to God. Look at verse 19 with me in Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter five. It says in verse 19, we should address one another in, these, in the full range of music and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and, and making melody to the Lord, making melody to the Lord. Now that's, it's kind of hard to see here, but to the Lord here in Greek, that's, that's language of offering. It's language of, of laying something before the Lord. You're, you're giving this to the Lord. In, in the Old Testament, the offering was, was a um, spotless lamb, a lamb without defect, a lamb without blemish. And it was of great value. You can only imagine if you had a perfect lamb, how how difficult that might be emotionally to have to offer that to the Lord because that was of great value. In the New Testament, what is the offering after the final offering 
of Jesus. Remember, he died once and for all. What's the next offering? The next offering is you and I offering our very lives. But specifically, Paul is telling us here, our singing, our music, our making melody is also to the Lord. It's an offering. That means, and this might be good to say right here, it's not about the quality of your voice. It's about the quality of your obedience. I mean, God, God is not looking for someone who just always sings on key and, and sings perfectly. He, he's looking for someone who will obey. God, God is not looking to sign a recording artist today. He is looking for a son or a daughter who will just sing aloud to God. This is a picture of, of an offering that we lay down this before the Lord. Our, our very singing, let me just make sure you see this again. Our, our songs, our hymns, our psalms, our singing, our making melody is to the Lord. Our offering is a, our, our singing is an offering to God. But here's the third thing I want you to see in this passage. Our singing is an, an internal stirring outwardly expressed. This is what's happening in this passage, just an internal stirring that is then outwardly expressed. I want you to see this. I'm not just making this up. Verse 19, we sing, we make melody to the Lord. And here's this next little phrase that's really important with our hearts. Or Paul asking you by the Holy Spirit, with your hearts. In other words, singing to God begins in the heart, not in the vocal cords. It begins in our soul, not not on our lips. There is something that's stirring inside of us. And that's what that little phrase, making melody, I want you to catch this. Making melody, it's really easy to understand. It just means to create melody. And if you're thinking right now, I, I can't create melody. You don't, you've never heard me sing, preacher. I can't, there's nothing melodious about me, whatsoever, melodious about me whatsoever. I, I can't create melody. When you were a kid and your mom and dad would tuck you in, ask moms and dads around you when this gathering is over. You used to create melody. I remember my kids, like when they were scared, disappointed they had to go to bed, which was really every night. No, I'm thinking about it. They were always you know, disappointed having to go to bed. And I'd make them go to bed. They'd crawl into bed. Jennifer and I often would listen at, at the door. And you know what they would do? They would sing. They would sing to comfort their little disturbed hearts. They would, they would sing because they were frustrated with mom and dad for staying up late and they weren't able. That, that brought, they were, what they were doing, they were making melody. They were creating melody. This is what the word of the Lord tells us to do. It does not begin, let me say it again. It does not begin with your vocal cords nor your lips. It begins with a passion deep inside of you. This is this giving, this making melody, this creating melody to the Lord with your heart. It moves up in you. Then it comes out of you as you sing to the Lord. It begins with the passion stirring in your heart. It begins, Paul says, with your heart to the Lord, with your heart. And I want you to see the context on this. If there's nothing else you've learned in five and a half years of me having the joy of being your under shepherd. I hope I've taught you context. Never just pull a scripture out and go, Hey, this is my, this is my new favorite scripture. Always see what's happening before it and after it. And here, I want to make sure you catch the context. The context begins in verse 17. Therefore do not be a fool. Do not be foolish, but instead people of God understand grab hold of what the will of the Lord is. And so Paul has said here, don't be foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And here is the will of the Lord to be filled with the spirit, to, to sing songs, to make melody, to give thanks, to, to serve one another. And so I, I, in context, I can say this to you. Our singing is the will of God. 
And my parenthetical zinger is to not sing is to be a fool. You want to cross-reference on that? Ephesians chapter five, verse 17. When we sing, you are operating in the will of God. Paul says, I want you to understand what the will of God is. Here it is, it's to sing, it's to make melody, it's to make music, it's to serve one another. It is to give thanks. It is the will of God that you and I sing. And let me say this in love, you're a fool not to. Because it says here, do not be foolish. But I've, I've been around church a long time. I mean, I've, I was, I'm a preacher's kid, so I was there all the time. Doors are open, I was there. I mean, I just, I, I know church. I know church people. I know how to be a church person in a bad way. I know how to like wear the mask. I know how to say the right things at the right time, do the right things at the right time. I see people in church and I've heard people say, not a whole lot in this church, but in this church, I don't, I don't sing. To say I don't sing is the same as saying I don't forgive people or I don't trust God. To say I don't sing is to also, it'd be a parallel of saying I don't give to the poor. I don't, I don't give to others. To say I don't sing, I will not sing is the same as saying I will not trust God because God gives us command in his word to forgive others. He gives us a command in the word to tell the truth. And so to say, I can't sing and I don't sing is the same as saying, I don't tell the truth because God's word has told us to tell the truth. God's word has told us to take care of the poor. God's word has told us to to forgive others when they have hurt us in the same way. God's word clearly tells us to sing. It is a directive, really it's a command for us to sing. In fact, the second most commanded practice in the Bible behind praying is singing. 400 references to singing in the Old Testament and New Testament alike, and 100 of those are directives, commands for God's people to sing. I want you to see it. It's on the screen behind me. Let me show you Psalm chapter 96, verses one through two. 96, one through two, the book of Psalms says, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name and tell of his salvation from day to day. Psalm 47, verse six says, sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. In just three verses, we see seven commands for us to sing and you're welcome. I could have taken you to 93 other places in the Bible. What tells us, commands us, directs us as the people of God to sing. Singing is the language of the creator, the creation, and the church. Singing is the language of God. Singing is the language of creation. Singing should be the language of the capital C church around the globe. You know what the Bible says when God laid the foundations of the earth. This is Job chapter 38. When God laid the foundations of the earth, you know what the angels did? They sang. You know what the stars did? They sang. When God created the world, this is according to Proverbs chapter eight, the Holy Spirit, he sang. Do you know that God's a singer? God sings, Zephaniah chapter three, God sings. In fact, it doesn't just say that God sings. It says that God sings over you. And it doesn't even say that God sings over you. It says that God sings loudly over you. The word in Hebrew is the word renah. It means a battle cry of a warrior. God is not a soft-spoken singer. When he sings, he sings loudly 
over you. It also says that he dances, but that might be another foundation for another Sunday, the foundation of dancing. It says that God dances over you. He twirls around heaven, the Bible says in Zephaniah chapter three. He rejoices, he sings over you with a loud voice. Do you also know in Deuteronomy chapter 31, God wrote a song and he gave that song to Moses. And he said, Moses, here's my song. Sing this song, have my people sing this song. And that song will be a witness to my worth for all the pagan nations around you. Did you know that God was a composer? Here's my song, sing my song. Music is the language of the creator, the creation and the church. For us, music and singing is such a grace because this grace, it stirs our affections for the Lord. It points our mind and our heart to Jesus when we're able to, to sing. You know that singing is one of the few things we'll do in heaven that we, we will know we do in the church that we'll continue to do in heaven. There's a lot of things that we do right now in this church that we will not be doing in heaven. There won't be preaching in heaven. Man, no preaching in heaven. No CGs in heaven. We'll just kind of be all one big CG in heaven. There won't be mission trips in heaven. Uh, There won't be evangelism in heaven. There won't be a time to to give our our tithes and our offerings in heaven. Uh, There's not gonna be any chair stacking in heaven. Those of y'all go to 1120 every now and then. There's not gonna be any coffee in heaven either. No coffee in the lobby. I hope some of y'all will be able to survive that. But there is singing forever in heaven. A lot of things we practice here in the church, we will not practice in heaven, but singing is not one of them. We will sing forever because we have a God who is worthy of our eternal singing. This is why we sing. It's the language, the creator of creation of the church itself. You know, scripture does not say to sing high notes or to sing low notes. And some of you'll be very happy to hear this. It did not even say to sing on key or to sing the right notes, but it does say to sing to God and to sing for joy, and to sing aloud to the God of our salvation, and to sing a new song to the Lord. And it says that we should sing for his steadfast love. It also says in Psalm 104, listen, we're gonna sing for all of our life. Senior adults, thanks for setting the pace for us. Just keep on singing. We will sing all the days of our lives. You see, the question is not, do you have a voice? The question is, do you have a song? If you've been rescued by Jesus, by his immense, vast, inexhaustible grace, you have something to sing about. The Bible also speaks of the different postures we can take as we sing. The Bible says we can, we can stand when we sing. Exodus chapter 33, the Bible says when we sing, we can, we can kneel. Second Chronicles chapter six, the Bible says we can sing with our hands lifted up. Psalm chapter 63, the Bible says we can sing with our heads bowed down. Exodus chapter four, the Bible says that we can sing with our arms spread out. Psalm 143, the Bible says we can sing with our face to the ground. Chapter 17 of Genesis, I could find in here nowhere to sing with our hands in the pocket. take your pick or mix it up, stand or kneel, lift your hands or spread your hands or bow your head. I think you know how then well enough, if you need to find a place in the aisle where you're not a fire hazard, just put your face to the ground. You know, preachers preach. And I understand often that when God's word goes out, we don't all obey. God's word goes out and it falls like seed into our busy lives. And sometimes things kind of choke those things out. But today I've got the joyful proposition for you that everyone in this house today can obey what we just heard. 
by simply singing. You probably picked up this is a, a different morning already. In fact, why don't you stand with me at this time, if you don't mind. If you normally sing in our worship choir, would you mind just making your way back up to the worship choir, the risers? But I also want to issue an invitation this morning. That if you love to sing, and you feel like it's like an ability God has given you, a desire that God has given you, why don't you come up also at this time and come, come sing in the choir. I counted, there were three men up there. There should be 25 men up there. So, so come on, if you like to sing, can sing. I didn't ask you to sing well. I just think, can, can you sing? There won't be microphones on you. We're not gonna do auditions between here and the stage, the, the words on the back screen. If you know God has placed a song in your heart, again, I'm not asking you, do you sing? I'm asking, do you have a song? I encourage you to come and sing with us this, this morning. And we're gonna sing here in a little bit, a couple of songs. We can have the joy of being in the will of God by singing. And I would plead with you, Highland, please don't use these next few moments to do the whole new song versus old song, my favorite song versus my least favorite song. Please don't do that, it's too loud or it's too soft of a song. Please don't do that. Man, I sound really good when I sing this song. He doesn't, but I really sound good on this song. Can I encourage all of us to keep our focus these next few moments on the vast, immeasurable, inexhaustible worth of our God? And I was gonna wrap up this morning by saying, you know, I want Highland to be known as a singing church. That's not what I want. That's not my hope. My hope is that we're a healthy church. My hope is that we are an obedient to the Lord church because then we'll sing our lungs out for the right reasons. Let's go.